we've heard this all over and over again. When you play in the best conference in the country, an ugly win against anybody is still a quality win. And this was a big one. And to get the groundbreaking news out of the way to all of my OU and Texas friends out there, we're okay, regardless of what you want to do. So if you want to go, you can go. If you want to stay, you can stay. If you want to wait, you wait, right? I don't think that uh, I don't think this whole thing is is computing. Um, we're indifferent, guys. You do you. You are locked on Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. We're available on all of your podcasting platforms as well as YouTube, and you can find me on Twitter at all day o state. Today, we are brought to you by FanDuel. It is the only sportsbook betting app you are going to need for the Super Bowl. Yeah, today's going to be primarily about basketball because we did get a big win against Texas Tech. But briefly, I just I did want to hit because I have seen a lot of it lately. It's just conversation about how the um, you know quote unquote irate eight is part of this preventionary process and OU and Texas leaving the conference. And I, I just I don't fully understand why that is the narrative that is being put out by some because. Last time I checked, it was 100% a financial issue, right? So ESPN may be happy. Fox may be unhappy. Maybe it's vice versa. Who, who knows? Uh, who cares? Y'all wanted to bounce. That's fine. Everybody's okay with it, right? We're cool now. The new Big 12 is going to be the most exciting to watch conference. Now, notice I didn't say the best conference of all time since last bread, but I did say from top to bottom, the funnest conference to watch. It was this last season, and it will be with the new four. So it's it, it's no, no skin off our backs. Again, if you guys want to leave, I don't think there's anybody that really would uh, bat an eye about it. The thing of it is, is you guys, well, one of you, maybe both of you, I don't know, but somebody – Somebody financially doesn't want to pony up to the end of the bargain. Okay, so move on. If you can't pony up the money, honey, then what, are, what is the conversation for? There, there's, there's no crying over spilled milk, right? None of us care. It's, uh, it, it's whatever at this point in time. So let's just call it what it is. It's a financial issue. Somebody doesn't have the capability to meet their requirements financially, so you're stuck like Chuck. Just embrace it or figure it out, but stop complaining about how any of the Big 12 has anything to do with you guys, one of you, not having the financial ability to move on. It's not that not that big of a deal. So, yes, we're going to move on to basketball now. John Michael Wright. Thank you, sir. Guys, this dude came to Oklahoma State, and he's talked before about how this was his dream school, basically. 
um, from his days of playing NCAA college football. He would always pick Oklahoma State, never necessarily knew why, but the more he got into it, the more he had fun with it, and that was always the, the team that he chose. So how many times do you think it's fair that he had a dream of doing something spectacular at Oklahoma State, and now he gets to do that? Yeah, and, and you know, there's, there's beauty in chaos, Sometimes there's beauty in, you know, sometimes things being dysfunctional from the outside. And statistically, this game was very, very, very dysfunctional. It's not easy to consider winning a game against anybody if you have, you know, a difficult time statistically. And if you're, if you're hovering below 22%, from the three-point arc and you're only at 44% from the field goal percentage department. And then to top it off, you're only 58% from the three, from the three free throw line. Sorry. I know words are hard sometimes for me. Um, yeah, they, you know, yes, they're free throws and, and yes, they're difficult because you're kind of isolated on an Island, but you know, this is something that's practiced. So how you, we can be, you know, a roster full of some pretty good shooters and be this inept from the free throw line is something that, you know, is concerning. But they shot 90% from the free throw line. They shot over 33% from the three-point arc. They shot over 46% from the field goal stripes. And we did not, yet we still found a way to come out and win it. So at the end of the day, right, that's the important factor is early on in the season, we knew that this team, you know, was struggling doing these things, which is closing out games. And yes, it's a big game, no matter what anybody says, because it does, again, set you up and you're winning six of your last seven and you have multiple games in a row now, even multiple games in a row now in the Big 12. So you're literally at the apex of riding high. And, and you know, some people are asking me on Twitter spaces the other day if I thought maybe we'd peak too soon. My answer is no, and, and it still still is. My concern, though, is it's more about, you know, foul troubles has been a, a problem. Now it's even more of a, a highlighted issue. So now you mix in the foul concerns with potentially more injury stuff, right? That's where I, I think, you know, it could dispel some, I don't know, misconceived notions about what the season could be. I almost, I almost wonder if maybe, you know, this trip to Ames, Iowa isn't a time to rest a couple guys, but I also know it's such a high quadrant win um, for the NCAA tournament that it's not going to happen, but yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty daggone banged up. I think everybody knows that, but even more so now, you know, um, the guys on the radio call, we're talking about Musa, he say limping a little bit, even though he did have like 23 minutes. So it's still quite a few minutes for, for somebody that's banged up. Um, Caleb Asbury went diving out of bounds for a loose ball and he dove weird, hit his knee on the court and he was limping. Don't know how that is right now. Obviously there's going to be swelling and things, things like that. So we're not really going to know. So that's the only reason I say that. I know it's not necessarily going to happen, but yeah, we're, we're pretty banged up. So I don't think it's that we're peaking at the wrong time. I just think we're, we're peaking at the right time. We're just running into a few hurdles.
because anybody that now feels like they athletically have some advantage, at least they, they, they may be more inclined now to aggressively try to get our guys in foul trouble because that's what could potentially spell disaster. But again, it doesn't change the fact that we're literally like right there. We are within striking distance of playing for the regular season shot at a title. It, it is possible. And with the way we're playing or have been playing up to now, it's, I don't know, conceivable, really. It's going to take a couple losses by Texas, but there's, there's about to be a massive logjam, right? Like a five, five-way tie for second place. So again, this is the top conference in the country. So when you do play a Texas Tech that you know has talent, that's had a very, very down year, especially by their standards, but, you know, the SEC challenge, it really, that was a game they needed to get kind of off of the, the snide, per se. And since then, they've been playing pretty good basketball. And just like Mike Boynton said, it's highly doubtful that they are going to end the season, right, with only one conference W. They're just too talented. And they're starting to kind of piece it together. Speaking of piecing things together, um, you guys already know, as we we talked about uh, in the open, FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And it's the only app you're going to need this year for a Super Bowl party. Um, yeah, we, we've been extremely blessed and excited and happy to be able to partner with FanDuel uh, they have a lot of great features that make sports betting fun and easy. Uh, right now, you can download FanDuel uh, and get our No Sweat First Bet for Super Bowl 57, where you get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does, in fact, not win. Uh, FanDuel lets you do everything and bet on everything from money lines to point spreads and even touchdowns. Uh, it's the, the easiest, safest, secure app. And best of all, you get paid on your winnings instantly, right? There's no there's no waiting game. So join FanDuel today. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on for your no sweat first bet in Super Bowl 57. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So, yeah, John Michael Wright got to have the put back. That won the game. And Bryson Thompson, Bryce Thompson, you know, he even said he got a good look. He got to the mid-range spot that he was kind of hoping for. It felt good coming off of his hands. But, again, this is a testament to seniority, right, and, and time in the gym, time in the game. John Michael Wright saw the trajectory, and he could tell that there was a good chance it was going to bounce off. And just by the angle the ball was moving and how many games this young man has played, he kind of could read it, and thank goodness he read it, and he read it so well because, you know, that's a big win. I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. To be able to continue the hot streak, right, more than anything else, to allow momentum to head into Ames, Iowa against the top 20 Iowa State team, it's it, it's really, really, really needed because after Iowa State, win, lose, draw, nub, doesn't matter. We have KU coming to town. And that's a game that we always show up for, especially in Stillwater. So, 
you know, you would think from a traditional standpoint, it's going to be a phenomenal game, no matter how you slice it. And if we can have a nice crowd, this crowd on hand, it was listed as 7,461. Um, I, I, it didn't look like that, right? I'll just put it, put it that way. But, you know, the way they had everything kind of scattered, it was it was kind of odd, kind of like a, a polka dot thing going on. But I, we always show up for KU. So I'm not going to, you know, get on that big tangent here about uh, the fans. It was a crappy weather day. We got a massive game coming up in Stillwater after the Iowa State game. So as long as everybody, you know, does their part, show out for the Kansas game, it'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be fun. Um, and, you know, Bill Self, hopefully he can continue to not exercise the demons of him bringing his Jayhawk squad to Galgariba. And then, whenever you just you look at what they did to Caleb Boone, Caleb Boone has been our hottest player this season, right? Um, kind, of, kind of by far. So to know that he's been extremely, extremely hot lately um, and then show the ability to double him as, as aggressively as they did. Now, he did rebound, non, no pun intended. He did rebound in the second half, and he chipped in a very solid nine points. But, you know, it, it was a really good job by Texas Tech defensively. I would have loved to see Tyreek Smith get some more minutes. But, you know, it is, it is what it is. He still played an integral part of the W. Uh, Bryce Thompson, what a what a big first half. 21 points in the first half was unexpected. And then you got somebody like Keon Williams coming on, the freshman. He added 10 points, could have potentially even had more. He shied away on a couple shots that he probably should have been a little bit more aggressive on. Um, but, yeah, guys, the big story of the game is clearly John Michael Wright, even though it is worth mentioning uh, that due to, you know, some of the limitations we had, you got to see the first minutes of a Naz Brown. And he actually, Naz got in there and he played pretty good. And that's spelled N-A-Z, but I think they call him Naz. I'm just having fun. But yeah, it was, uh, it was good. It was good for Naz Brown to get some minutes because, you know, we, we talk about in football, the injury side of things. It's not so much that it shows up um, on game day but it's more about the preparation side of it, right? So you have to have some phenomenal athletes on scout team to replicate what the other team is going to bring to the table. And Nas Brown has been that guy. He has been the guy for, you know, all season that has wore that extra color jersey to give the defense a, a good look. So we know that he can, you know, be productive because he shows up in practice on a daily basis. And that, that skip pass he had, that was a thing of beauty. That was a thing of beauty. And he got a, a solid few minutes. And maybe it's something that we're going to start asking more of people. Keon's going to continue to have to step up. John Michael Wright, this is the type of role that now is being asked of him. And, and you know, realistically, you'd like to see a little bit more point production too, probably. And he'll tell you the same. we got to make free throws. Again, we circle back to that wagon. 58% in your home gym. It's not good. But again, this is another sign of growth for this basketball team. Where you can have all these injuries kind of pop up. You can shoot under 22% from the three-point line when you can shoot barely 44% from the field. And then 
On top of it, you only shoot 58% from the free throw line. Typically a recipe for disaster. So to bear down and find a way to pull this out is a testament to how close these guys are, how much of a team they have become in every essence of the word. And if we can stay healthy and we can maneuver our way around too many fouls, we're going to be okay. But again, those are the things to pay attention to because it's inevitable that these things, unfortunately, do, you know, they pop up and bite us at some point. So it's how we're able to mitigate all of the risk of potential injuries and minutes and all that. It's going to be interesting to see. Coach Mike Boynton has already earned himself every pat on the back, right? His engagement with the students and media and everybody, it's been talked about before. He does allow you to be more engaged, to feel more involved and and understanding what their day-to-day looks like to help with the success level that we're all searching for. So it's good to see every dynamic kind of come, come to play. And it's good to see us get an ugly win. Because when you play in the best conference, right, you've heard it over and over from the SEC in football. Well, of course, you got to count this game against whoever's in the back end because we're the SEC. Okay, well, the same is, is applicable for basketball, except it's actually true. The back half of the SEC in football is it's a dumpster fire. But this, this is real. And, and it makes this, this run that we're making a lot more fun. This trip to Ames is going to be a thing of beauty. So I just I hope that we can kind of keep the Band-Aid type of scenario going into this one. And now let's shift a little bit to the Cowgirls. So they got another big win as they take out West Virginia, 76-65. Um, Naomi Elnatis, man, we keep talking about her. We, we've been talking about how she was probably going to be the main focal point of the offense preseason. And she she typically is, but the real story of this game is the big the bigs. Uh, Claire Chastain having a little bit of an injury that that she's got to deal with. It allowed it allowed people like Taylor Collins and Cassidy Delap to have big games. Um, Taylor Collins even finished you know with a double double. She had a double double a decent ways into the ball game. And Taryn Milton, right, being able to come in, drop 15, grab 10, board, 10 boards for herself. So a couple different double-double machines. We controlled the game from the inside, which is good because Ana Gradasi, uh, our sharpshooter from uh, Estonia, she was a little off. And then our, our three-point sniper specialist from the outside, Lior Garzon, she was also a little off today. So, yeah, we're – we're in a good spot in both win, women's and men's basketball right now. And I really, I cannot see any, any scenario where both don't have a legitimate shot at making some noise in the tournament, any tournament, right? Whether it's the Big 12 or the postseason, both are set up. I'd say women's um, health-wise is set up a little bit more, but talent, the talent on the men's side has been... It's been fun. It's been fun to watch. And to see how Mike Boynton has been able to pull everything out of these guys, it's even it makes it even more fun to watch. So 
let's get behind them, guys. You know, I, I did ask some people why women's basketball, even though we're, we're cruising right now at a pretty good clip, you know, doesn't have as great attendance. One interesting thing I got was, you know, Mike Boynton is all over campus all the time. And all the players are, are on campus asking people, are you coming to this? I did hear that, um, you know, maybe we could we could throw some things on the women's side that that would help as well. So if anybody has any ideas in that department, um, please feel free to shoot down in the comment section, like, share, subscribe, do all that fun jazz, because that's all we're going to have for this one. But it's a very exciting time. It's hard to not be pumped up for where both basketball squads are at this very moment. So, as always, I love you all. God bless. Go Pokes. And we will do this again on the next one. Thank you for making this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. All right, y'all. Later.